You've got to communicate your own self-belief and do it with real conviction. Because if you're questioning your decisions, other people pick it up immediately. It's like courage. I don't think you can ever enter a serious negotiation unless you're prepared to lose. Because that transmits. The person you're negotiating with knows absolutely that you have a red line. Uh, and I remember giving a speech to the House of Lords, talking about red lines, red lines and how hopeless I thought the, the, the Johnson government was in terms of their trade deals, uh, where, where in a sense they, were, they didn't have any, there weren't any red lines. It was like, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And you can't deal like that. And we were particularly talking about the US trade deal, making a US trade deal. And as you can understand, Americans are brilliant negotiators. I spent my life negotiating with Americans. And unless you establish clear red lines with Americans, you are toast. You spent more than 20 years as a, a very active member of the House of Lords, and that's um, not an obvious place to assemble guiding coalitions and focus on a project and see it through. How did you go about that? Because you did some very, very important work both on the environment and then technology and its implications for democracy. Once I realised the way politics worked, and I realised I was not a natural politician, really, at all. What I was was a coalition builder. And I started yeah. spending serious time seeking out the people in the Conservative Party, and particularly people in Lib Dems, who I felt I could work with, and building consensus and building... And I looked for places where it was easiest. Where it's easiest was what I lighted on, which is what's in the public interest? Not so much what's in the political interest. What issue here is in the public interest? And if you remember 2003... I, and two, I did that communications bill. I took the communication bill through. Yes, yes. I managed exactly. to establish the public interest test. Now, we established that. What's amazing about that, and there's no, no, I'm not trying to boast here, it was a, we did it despite both front benches. The Tories, for their reasons, didn't want it. And Tony Blair, because of relationships with Murdoch, one there, also didn't want it. And we've got it through. And I learned then that if you could find things that people would kind of gather around, you could almost defy the politics of, of the situation. And that's what I spent my time doing. Your last major contribution in the Lords was a um, report on the threat of various de developments in the technology and communications field to democracy. Now, the Ukraine issue has put democracy very much in the public eye. But these underlying trends about communication, you've left the Lords now. Are you still worried about that? And if so, what? needs to be done by your successors in the Lords or, or others who pick up the baton? Politics can't operate on the basis of people lying. Uh, disinformation isn't just, these are not fibs. Disinformation is a means of disabling somebody from making the correct decision, given the right amount of facts about their own, their own or their, their country's future. So what we tried to point out in the Digital Democracy Report was that anything that the digital world did to make disinformation, misinformation, easier was desperately damaging to our, our collective con uh, concept of democracy. You couldn't square, you can't square that circle. You can't say disinformation's okay and, and we'll make democracy work around it. It can't. It's one or t'other. Democracy either works on a truth-based, information-rich environment or it can't work. And what do you say to the people in the communications and tech businesses who say, uh, but hang on a minute, David, if you go down the route you've just described, you're going to have government interference, and that is also going to undermine democracy. 
they've already gone one step too far. What they've got to understand is that the tools that they've created for themselves bring with them massive responsibility, massive. I try and say this in a tiny way to my own students when in filmmaking. Don't set yourself up as a filmmaker unless you're prepared to accept you're going to be tinkering inside people's brains because that's what you're doing. You are actually invading people's brains and giving them ideas, images, thoughts. You, you better know what you're doing and you better know very, very well that you watch what the net result will be a better informed person leaving that cinema. Magnify that by a, a thousand times and that's the responsibility of the people who run the big tech companies. They've got to accept that. They've got awesome responsibility and they better address it. <laughs>